Welcome to the Rootbound Podcast, an honest plant cocktail hour. We're your hosts. I'm Emma. I'm Samara. And I'm Yelena. We're amateur plant enthusiasts, and we're here to chat about all things plants, life, and what to do when feeling rootbound. The dictionary defines rootbound as a plant having outgrown its pot so that the roots are cramped and tangled, stopping it from growing well. Sometimes we can get a little too comfortable in our nursery pots, and our lives become rootbound without even realizing it. As young women in Los Angeles, we're always looking for ways to branch out, up pot, and improve ourselves. So grab your favorite cocktail and let's get into it. Okay, so after the live, Samara, you've learned that you enjoy the gin and tonic. I think it might be one of my favorite drinks now. Oh my gosh, yes. So simple, so clean, so easy, great summer drink. Mm -hmm. I mean, would I have liked this in the winter time or whatever? No, probably not. It's like, you know, sparkly, Mm -hmm. florally, getting getting summer vibes right now exactly yeah i'm really i'm really enjoying it definitely it's one of my favorite drinks not only it's like i think one of my favorite drinks because you don't have to spend all this money on all these different ingredients if you want to spend more money on like a higher quality gin Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. i'm not going to stop you from buying a 50 dollar gin bottle whatever but you can get like a 20 dollar bottle or even like some cheaper stuff get some nice tonic water get some limes like you have 30 gin and tonics probably mm-hmm. for less than 30 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just great. And I mean, the difference in quality between gins, mm-hmm. is there much of a difference? It seems like there's no real bad quality gin out there. I mean, yeah, I think the worse no quality $4, gin. $5. Yeah, no. You might have like an $8 bottle somewhere, depending okay. on like inflation or your location. Yeah. But I think that. Um, a, a poorer quality gin will be less botanical and it'll taste more like rubbing alcohol, like a vodka. Tanqueray, how much is that bottle? It's like 23, 22. 23, yeah. but it lasts a while. Yeah. And gin is so potent that, I mean, I could have even gone with maybe just one shot. Yeah, instead of a like less. a one and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I really like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's May- so I want to try it a little sweeter too. You were saying on the live it would be good with like a little bit of sparkling limeade, mm-hmm. sparkling lemonade. Yeah. And then the tonic water. And then the tonic water. And the that, I, I do really want to try that sometime. Yeah. Then it, I think you could even do that as like almost like a punch bowl, like a gin and tonic punch with like limeade or even lemonade then lime like lemons and limes throw that in there then you have your gin then you have your tonic water and you have like a sparkling summer like put it in a pitcher and like you're it's almost like sangria but not because there's no lime yeah put in a little glass pitcher and bob's your uncle that sounds like so fun yeah and also the hit of the party yeah can you make a gin and tonic like mimosa I mean, you know, add a little yeah. bit of orange juice to that. Or something. I'm sure. I, mean, I don't know. Like this would be good with some juice. Yeah. You know, put some just juice real in there. juice in there. Yeah, some juice. It just would be really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want. I think you still have to stay within the citrus world. So like grapefruit juice. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. 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 Like we're getting into like Paloma vibes too. Right, then, right, like right. at that point. So like. Definitely. Because the French 75, another gin drink right. that we really love. Yes. That could be paired with orange juice very easily, I think. Yeah. Because it's already got champagne. Yeah. What was it? Champagne, gin, and like lemon. Simple syrup, lemon. Simple yeah. syrup, lemon. Lime, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like good brunchy. We're recording this in the afternoon on a Saturday. So yeah. we're like, let's Feeling just get Saturday real vibes. Saturday 
warmth, sun, sunny yeah. vibes mm-hmm. out here in California. We did our plant chores earlier today. Yep. We got a lot of root news. So much root news. Got a lot of plant news. Plant news, yes. Um, summer. And then also this is Emma's episode where she gets to talk about her favorite stuff. Yeah. Which, which mm, hence the gin yeah. and tonic. Yeah, definitely where, a go-to. What, well, well, is this one of the questions that we'd ask? But, like, what inspired the gin and tonic or where was your first time having it? Yeah. Why, why the gin and tonic? Man, I think, when did I have a gin and tonic first? I think that I had, well, I had, like, an elderberry tonic-y cocktail when I was in Amsterdam. And that was super good, but it wasn't a gin and tonic. It was like an elderberry, tonicy, bubbly okay. cocktail. So a kind of similar vein, like citrus, whatever. Um, but I think the first time that I had a gin and tonic, I think it was in LA. Um, I think I was just looking for like a good standard, like cheap mm-hmm. quality drink. And you know, I was I was a fan of gin. And everyone's like, gin and tonic. Like, I think I think a friend would have like had it or something like that. I don't okay. exactly remember when. Because that's happened. not something that you're gonna see on a menu. It's just something that you're like, give me a gin and tonic. Like, yeah, like vodka soda. It. Yeah, like yeah. whatever. You give just me, call it out because yeah. it's not gonna be one of their like fancy fourteen, sixteen dollar cocktails on a menu. Right. So you kind of need to know. Yeah. What which it is. is funny because you would think that the simpler maybe you'll see it. Um, like, they would list on a menu, like, options of gins. So you'd be like, I want a Tanqueray gin and tonic, or I want a Hendrix gin and tonic, or I want a whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd go, mm-hmm. you would say the mm-hmm. call brand. But it's kind of funny that the simplest cocktails, like a vodka soda or whatever, they don't even put that on a menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know it's available, because they have gin, they have tonic water, they have no, to. No, I mean, whenever I go to a bar these days, when I ever can go to a bar, <laughs> which is hardly ever, but... Right. You know, you just get so overwhelmed by, like, all these fancy cocktails that they have that mm-hmm. you sort of forget your, like, go-to yeah. drinks. And sometimes just going with a go-to drink yeah. at a fun bar is really exciting because of, like, either the way they make it and you can mm-hmm. just kind of, like, test the quality. So, mm-hmm. and they're cheaper, yeah. I think. Would yeah. it be cheaper for a gin and tonic yeah. than, like, a full cocktail? Probably. Okay. Because it's less ingredients, too. It yeah. depends on the type of gin. Like, they, you may say, like, hey, I want a gin and tonic. And they're like, uh, do you want um, a call, like, a call brand? So, like, a yeah. name brand type of thing? Or do you want the well gin? So, that's just, like, the cheapest gin they have. So, you know, if I'm yeah. balling on a budget and I'm going out to dinner and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to deal with all your fancy cocktails today. I don't want to try anything new. I just want to go with a classic. Like what people do with their martinis. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, I want a martini. Mm-hmm. They're like, choice of vodka, choice of gin. And you just okay. kind of say that and that just, like, Because a martini is just vodka or gin or whatever with... Vermouth. Vermouth. And all of... Those, like, two... Juice. Yeah. Two ingredient drinks. Yeah. I, I'm always curious about how bars price things because mm-hmm. I'm like all right yeah $15 for like a five ingredient cocktail versus a two ingredient yeah is it just based on the size and the I think it's which... like the number of ingredients and the quality of the ingredients the quality of the the liquor is definitely one of the main right like, reasons right. why a cocktail would be more expensive but I think from my I mean I have a I've limited knowledge because I haven't worked in like a, like bars I've yeah. done like catering and parties and stuff but um, I think what makes sense in my brain would be that in LA, for example, you go to a bar, you say, I want a gin and tonic, I want a well gin and tonic. If it's this pretty a standard, well. like a well, yeah. your, your basic gin, gin and tonic. It oh, might be well like, is basic. Yeah, well is like, because uh, they have like that trough of liquors that you don't see the, the label of. 
but that's like right in front yeah. of the bartender yeah. that's kind of underneath the bar that's all the cheap stuff Oh. Right there. And then behind them is the call brands with okay. the fancy bottles. Okay. Yeah. So, so you then well if you wanted call. a higher brand, could you just be like call brand gin and tonic? You would just or say like, I want a gin and tonic. What, the gin is. what gins do you have? Oh, and then they're like, I got this, this, and this, and this. Or the well. And that's just like your cheap okay, stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. So that could probably be like an $11 cocktail or even some places like an $8 cocktail for a gin uh-huh, and tonic. Uh-huh. While they're like... Gin, gin and juice, biotechnical yeah. sunshine, elderberry, yeah, elderberry, cherry and sun rays, summer fun yeah. cocktail. Like that drink could be sixteen, eighteen, even twenty something dollars. Yeah. So I'm like, I know I'm gonna like a gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to deal with all your fancy stuff today. I'm right. just right. gin and tonic. It is. And sometimes it is fun to get those really fancy drinks. Yeah. But if you. If it's your third or fourth drink down the line, like... Forget it. You're not even tasting it. Just get your normal, basic gin and tonic, and you'll still have a good time. Yeah. And drink something tasty. And, Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I I feel like when I go to a new restaurant, I'm like, okay, let me look at the menu. Like, I want to see what kind of stuff you got. Like, maybe you have a cocktail I've never tried before. Of course, like, I want to check it out. Like, what do you call it? Their specialty drinks. Their specialty items. Like, it's always cool to test out what that restaurant or bar is like this is what everyone comes here for exactly like, this is the, the thing the that you have to try yeah. when you're here and the mixologist who designed all of those cocktails they would be taking in like the type of food that you're getting and what cocktails match mm. best with the food on the menu they're thinking like what's the atmosphere of this place yep. what's the you know what time of day are are you having this cocktail so they put a lot of thought into that menu and so i'm like okay it's the first time i've been to this place I want to go ahead and like try one of their cocktails that's like a featurette. But then if I've been there before and it's more of like, I don't know, like I've been there a couple You're of times. Just going for the them. night, You're just going to get out. some dinner, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. with friends, whatever. Don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah, I'm like gin and tonic. That's good to know. Yeah, I need that gin and tonic. Yeah, what? You need what am I gonna? What do I go up to a bar and just say like I want this? I think it used to be a mule. It used to be like a Moscow mule. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, these days... Sometimes mules can be, like, charged up the waz, I feel like, you know? Yeah, like, there's so many expensive. different kinds, yeah. and, like, they can get really fancy with it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel know, like ginger a- beer this, these days, I'm not, like... I think I'm over ginger ginger, ginger ale. Ginger ale? Yeah. We, like, there was a lot of ginger ale for a period there yeah. during It was, during like, the Christmas. first cocktails I'd ever tried were just, like, ginger ale and... Uh, Liquor. Yeah. Ginger Which I think is very yeah. standard for people who are like just starting yeah. trying cocktails because ginger ear, ginger ear, ginger beer, ginger beer, <laughs> masks, ginger, ale, ginger beer, yeah. ginger. It like yeah. masks any alcohol y taste uh-huh. really well. And it's sweet. And it's yeah. sweet. So it's just like easy to drink. I think that a good, um, just like quick, cheap drink, you know, people say like rum and coke, vodka soda, gin yeah. and tonic, um, but also highball. Whiskey ginger ale, which I know you just said over ginger ale, but oh. whiskey ginger ale is a really great. Highball. Just like I didn't know, yeah, that was long. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. Are there any? Are there any other fun like Scotch whiskey? Mm, I mean, Scotch Quick. and soda would be okay. Scotch with the you know like sparkling water from yeah. the this gun thing yep. that they squirt in. Um, but with all of them, you can say you know I want. You this could say any of them with soda. Yeah, or yeah, you could yeah, say yeah. with soda too. You could be like, mm. I just want. You know, you could be like, I want a black label with 
soda or whatever. Like, you can really okay. say whatever you want. Okay. So that's, like, the thing that's kind of cool about once you start to learn more about these different types of cocktails and, like, different categories of cocktails. Yeah. Because these, like, two-ingredient cocktails are technically, I think they're called highballs. Um, oh, so they're just, like, it's a that's category. That's the category yeah. is highball. So, like, rum and coke, like, whiskey mm. ginger, gin and tonic, vodka soda. Like, they're just basic two-ingredient cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. And it once you, like, learn more about those types of cocktails there's like those and then there's martinis and there's juice drinks and there's whatever so it like kind of goes on from there then you're like okay what type of food am I having and what do I want to drink how much money do I want to spend you can Mm kind of like kind of I don't know put together the menu for yourself and then make your decision got it got it I would have known none of that unless I went to like a mixology course this is why (laughs) this is why you're kind of like the main host of the podcast because (laughs) we know nothing about this and this no, is I, called I the cocktail plant hour. Yeah. So sometimes I will have some fun info about plants, but I'm not that smart when it comes to plants either. Yeah. But you're like our sure. you're our cocktail aficionado and all things alcohol. I try. I try. Even though, do you ever think you will actually work at a bar? Like actually be <laughs> in a bar setting? Because now you, we have some news yes. to talk about coming up. Yes. And so like, like passion and working. All the things and, like tying yeah, into yeah, this yeah, episode. Yeah. I know. I, I think that it's a really great skill to have as like a backup. So it's like okay. shit hits the fan. Like a lot of things happen, whatever. And I'm just like, I just need a job. I think that um, I could probably, I mean, it's a hard market in Los Angeles, but I think that I could probably you know, if all else fails, jump into a bar setting and still make pretty good money. Yeah. Um, it, it, the politics of restaurants and bars is weird too, though, because mm-hmm. to become a bartender, you have to be there for years as, like, first a server, server. or hostess. Bar back. Uh, yeah. 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 So Dishwasher. you can't even just step right into a bartending Mm. job unless you is, have friends who are like hey you yeah. can come and like work yeah. at our bar so when i talk to people about you being like yeah i have a podcast like my roommate is a bartender i'm like no she's not a bartender yeah she knows about bartending she knows about drinks what do i so what do i say to people it's technically <laughs> okay so i try to not say that and i don't want to say you're certified right like, which i she's a certified bartender right which sounds weird it's like whatever i i am tip certified which is like um alcohol knowledge and like alcohol laws so like i had to do that course which is like a, a certificate you get issued to you by like the u.s government which is like kind of a big deal because the government mandates alcohol we know this right, right, right. um but when it comes to like bartender a bartender is a person who works at a bar and makes drink yeah like that's what they do they make drinks they're bartender but a mixologist is someone who understands like the knowledge of of alcohol so should i say that i'd be like my roommate is a mixologist technically i would be called a mixologist which sounds like so bougie because no it sounds dope it sounds like you're like an alchemist yeah like you're like I work in the lab like with a witch. my coffee. Yeah, and I have all my vials of different alcohols, and I just, like, test each test one. Test things, like, yeah. Like, no, that sounds super... I want to be a mixologist. It's cool. I mean, it's cool, but I also feel, like, a little bit, um, like, deflated ab- about calling myself a mixologist because I don't have that, like, worked in a bar for forever type of experience. Mm-hmm. So I get things wrong sometimes. Like, on the bonus content that we did last time, Mike called me out because, I mean at the end of the day, we haven't been around alcohol that much in our life. And he's like, that's not how whiskey works. Like the difference between whiskey, 
or it was like the difference between scotch and, and bourbon, something about that. Like they're both in oak charred barrels, and I said oh, one wait. of them was. What should I here? Should we clarify? Yeah, I'll clarify pull up what he said because I get things. You know, we all get things wrong. Sometimes, Mike is our. But... Mike is like our. Um, uh, he's like a scientist. No, no, no. So no but what more... fact checker? Yeah, he's, he's our, our fact, fact yeah, checker. Yeah, yeah. And we like to talk to him beforehand and just be like, okay, are we missing anything? Yes. Like, are we saying this right? And we're like, wait, is this how vodka works? And he's like, no. And I'm like, what do I, I don't even know anything. <laughs> okay, this is what he said. Yeah. Emma is wrong about why scotch is smokier than bourbon, by the way. As Wikipedia says, American whiskeys need to be aged in charred oak barrels. That's scotch what I got Scotch doesn't. So. Okay, I said that scotch. American whiskeys are in charred oak barrels. Yes. I got, I was, I wrote that, or I said during the bonus content that scotch is in charred barrels, but it's whiskey that's in the charred barrels. And a charred barrel is they set the inside of the barrel on fire and then they put the whiskey inside. So it like yeah. sucks in the smoky and then flavor. And said, I'm pretty sure that the reason the Islay whiskeys, what is, Islay? Is Islay? that supposed to be something? That must be a brand. Oh. Uh, the reason why they're so smoky, the whiskeys, is their barley is smoked with peat during or after malting. Okay, so it has something more to do with the matter, the material, the plant, whatever, before it's, like, soaked and, and created and all that stuff. I don't know. I haven't been to a whiskey factory. Like, you know. Well, whiskey de- whiskeys definitely seem to be more charred, smokier than scotch. Yeah, scotch. Which sc- sc- scotch? <laughs> scotch tastes like grass. Like, we know that. It tastes oh, yeah. like moss. Yeah. Wait, so this is Irish whiskey. Yeah. What was the other... What was Bourbon? the scotch that we had? Uh, the Black it was Label. Black was it was the Johnny oh. Walker... But I Scotch thought that whiskey. tasted smokier than the other, than the whiskey. I did too, and I think that's why I got confused. Wait, I'm still confused. Scotch whiskey and bourbon whiskey. Yeah. That's the difference. Then yeah. why are we calling Scotch Scotch and whiskey whiskey? Yeah, exactly. They're all whiskeys. Uh, no, aren't... Scotch whiskey is a type of whiskey. Yeah, they're all whiskeys. Yeah. So, like, whiskey... I'm Scotch, confused. Scotch could even be put... Uh, that's why I'm like, Scotch could even be in a... Um, a oak charred barrel or a charred barrel maybe it's not oak maybe yeah. it's like moss charred i don't know like i would really good. if anyone knows of a factory i want to go to a factory and i want to have like a whiskey professional like talk me through it like that Scotch would be so fun smokier than bourbon oh okay okay because we had bourbon that was the other thing the, that we drank yes. yeah so the scotch whiskey is smokier than the bourbon whiskey because the scotch whiskey was smoked in the aged no, that's no, what I wait, said. Was, yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, Scotch is, oh, Scotch whiskey is smokier, so it's put in the oak charred barrels. What? He's saying, no, Scotch is not because it's the, because bourbon and other whiskeys, malt huh. whiskeys or whatever, are in the charred barrels, but Scotch is not. Huh. But I'm like, why is Scotch smoky then? But then he said oh, that maybe could have that something to do with the barley. The barley is smoked. Is smoked heat. before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Weird. Yeah, it's I'm like confused. I don't know all of that technical stuff. Like, how do you make alcohol? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, know, I like uh, with vodka. Vodka. It was. I know this. Vodka. Everyone thinks was created in Russia, but it wasn't. It was created in Poland, and oh, it was made famous by Russians. Right, right. So like, there are Polish vodkas and there are Russian vodkas, okay. but the Russian vodkas are the most popular. And I think, I think. Vodka is extremely, like, more popular in Russia and, like, more popularized, but it's maybe not as popular in Poland. I don't know. But mm-hmm. 
I do know that much. Okay. And then I love the little story about the gin and tonic. Yeah, that you know, was the really origin cute. story. I love that. I you know the I we got some imagery. audience interaction. Yeah. <laughs> plant toss. Plant toss. I think that's <laughs> yeah, at plant toss. Plant <laughs> underscore hoss. Follow them if you're listening. They were really cool and they joined into the live. We know we're sporadic, but that's just how it is. So whatever. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. So we talked enough about the okay, gin tonic. Enough of that tangent. Yeah. And then your favorite favorite um my favorite plant. plant so i'm a huge fan of the pothos um the pothos family one because it's easy to grow and if you're a busy person if you forget about it it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be fine mm-hmm. um but i discovered the silver satin pothos which is a, a strand of the pothos um and i like it because it kind of looks like i wear silver jewelry and i love silver jewelry mm-hmm. and it kind of looks like the leaves have little like silvery like like gold leaf but silver like silver leafed yeah. you know yeah. on them the silver veins yeah silver veins so and um the leaves are in the wild the silver satin leaves are big like a pothos like a giant pothos golden pothos leaf could be but mine it the leaves are maybe like the biggest one's like three inches long so they're like smaller mm-hmm. and it grows quickly mm-hmm. it makes it very satisfying to grow so yeah it's definitely yeah. one of my favorite plants I love so. it. I love how it feels because it has mm-hmm. more of like a softer velvety texture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it has that kind of like pixelated kind of like, I really love like Bertha, the um, Chinese evergreen because Chinese evergreen, she has this like kind of more pixelated rather than long veiny. Yeah. And that's kind of what the silver satin looks like too. Exactly. And the muted darker greens, kind of more cooler tones. Yes are really fun which fits my aesthetic and I have this big one um in my room and um I did what maybe not supposed to do but this was before I knew things about plants but I put uh, I put the plant that was in probably a six inch nursery pot into a massive like eight inch plus like 16 inches deep just like this huge pot and I barely put any perlite in it it was like mostly just um worm castings and cocoa coir and the plant did not look good so obviously the root <laughs> rot was uh beginning, beginning yeah. and so I was like I need to down pot this it bit off I bit off more than I could chew it jumped into too much all at once yeah. and it's not but growing you did see like a lot of growth at the beginning didn't you I or did no? oh yeah I yeah. did and I was like that's why I thought I should up pot it because oh it'll grow into this like huge thing oh so you didn't see much growth when it was up potted no I didn't. That's when it started to decline. And I was like, what should I do? So I took it out. And once I'd taken it out of that spot, the root ball was so small compared to like all that soil. I was like, this is way too much. It's hanging from my ceiling. Like it's too heavy. So I down potted it to kind of an in-between of like a six inch and an eight inch. I think it's like six inches diameter, but it's not as deep or something like that. And I put it in there with a lot of perlite, some really nice drainage. And I took off some of the cuttings that were falling off and didn't look really great. And mm-hmm. I put those in water mm-hmm. until they grew some, some you know, yeah. some roots propagated. and stuff propagated. Did you propagate it into and the... put it back in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it got nice and full. And then I wrapped it around my curtain. And now it's been just, like, shooting off oh, growth. Okay. It's so much better. I put good. a little bit of fertilizer in there. And now it's just, like, thriving. Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that it will span my entire curtain. Yeah. And it'll just, like, wrap the whole curtain rod. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love your silver satin. It's super freaking gorgeous but I have the same huge pot 
Yes. In my golden pothos. For your golden pothos, yeah. But I think mine is fine. Like, yeah. Probably just because it had more foliage, a bigger yeah. root system. I think it was bigger, and I think that that pothos has a little bit thicker roots. Okay. I think yeah. the silver satin has finer roots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe the soil that you had was better, because I didn't, like I said, didn't have yeah. any perlite in it. It was, like, not yeah. wet enough. It's very dry. It's like a cactus soil. Ugh, but when that gets wet, when my... It's, it's too, heavy, it's right? Heavy. Yeah. It's, like, probably, like, three or five pounds. Yeah. Like, and then it's hanging... From the ceiling. From my ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it. I just put up another one of your hangers that I bought from you. Yeah. One of your macrame. Yep. And I had a concrete pot that I've been wanting to, like, hang for so long. It's heavy, though. It's yeah. heavy. So now that's also hanging. I've got this, like, pole, Ooh. this this rod iron thing. And from that... And, and there's, like, three, um, like, anchored uh, screws on yep. each side. Um, but it's got like the heavy, massive pothos, the concrete pot, and then like four or five other, other plants. plants. Probably so. like twenty. When when all those plants are wet, it's probably like twenty pounds. <sighs> I know. I'm like ready for my ceiling to just come. It's just come, like cascades. I down. really hope it. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I mean, the good thing is that it is by a window, so they do kind of dry out like the the mm-hmm. saturation. You know, the plant I, absorbs it. And, I try to leave the pothos like in my bath for a day or so to just like try to drain out as much as possible before I hang it yeah but yeah yeah one day it's a great plant like if you're uh and also the silver satin pothos or any of the pothos they do propagate super well so you can like gift them to people I even um my soon-to-be sister-in-law in in, like two weeks um she said she wanted to start collecting more plants so for christmas last year i took some cuttings off my silver satin and put them in a ziploc bag with a wet paper towel put them in my carry-on and took them to oregon and then she put those in a Mm. amber jar a stumptown jar because we're hipster portland people but in a coffee jar (laughs) and coffee is actually good for plants sometimes um and then she put that into soil recently too so oh. i was able to gift it to her so that's always do, fun do, do you have updates do you have pictures yeah i um we can maybe put them in the yeah the thing. i want to see yeah. what it looks like now yeah Cute. She, she should send me another updated photo because yeah. it's been like a few months now since i think she sent me a picture but yeah it's Cute. a fun plant it is it is yeah Root news Root news so yeah oh my gosh so much stuff so i got i started we've kind of like gotten into a like solid spring like grow your garden i think a lot of people if they have a garden outside i grew up with a garden like um like raised garden pretty much you know a good part of my childhood so i kind of got used to like plant the seeds we would plant like lettuce it's a good way to save money because you just spend a dollar fifty on seeds and then put them Mm -hmm. in your garden you got lettuce and Mm -hmm. carrots and veggies all that stuff so um it's kind of a fun thing and my brother also kind of got into it with us we had a, a good time as kids you know, taking care of the, the plants. So for my birthday in March, my brother sent me some sunflower seeds. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I haven't grown anything from seeds. Like, not here in L.A. I've, like, done it with my family. Yeah, no, we've always just had, like, little plants. Starters. Like, bigger. Yeah. Home Depot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, huh, let's give it a shot. So I planted some sunflower seeds in a pot, and they have been growing so yeah. I'm really excited. They're supposed they're to be like tall. six foot. How tall are they right now? I think they're like maybe two and a half feet. No, no, no. That's two. way. That's oh. probably like three feet. Three feet. Three, three feet. Or, three stems. to four feet. Yeah. Because it's like probably to my boob. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. like 
three-ish feet. Four. Three or four feet, yeah. yeah. With a pot, too. Because, like, the pot... <laughs> Suarez going outside. <laughs> the pot is maybe eight inches. Oh, just under... Just under the boob. Just under the boob. And under boob. And under boob height. Yeah. Yeah. So they're growing really well. And then I have another one that I... So I learned something about sunflower seeds and sunflower plants. They are um, really sensitive to their roots being moved. Okay. So as soon as the plant grows, like, plant it in the pot you plan on putting it in forever. Got it. Because you can't transplant it. It will die. That's what I learned about. So I put it in a big... them Those two in a big pot. And then I wanted to try what would happen if I put a seed in a smaller nursery pot and if it would like stunt its growth, if uh-huh, it would uh-huh. even work, if I could transplant it, it's like an experiment. So, so basically you did a sixth grade science Yeah. <laughs> so here's my six foot under the plant and this is the one that died in the nursery. This is the one um, that died. And, and then, then you have your trifold. Yeah, exactly. Like what would you, how would you decorate it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it would be like pretty All much green, blue and green because like, they need like a lot of sunlight. Yellow paper, sunflowers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the control plants, yeah, the ones in the yeah. patio. These are the, yeah, these yeah. are the co- control. <laughs> Control. Hypothesis. Yes, my hypothesis. I believe that the ones that are going to say <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> Honestly, that was like, I had a sixth grade science project where I was doing, I bought like a, a chunk of sod and I like sectioned off the sod and put certain types of worms in the sod to see like how sod would affect like worm growth I don't know it was something like that but I I think I won but I think that those like sixth grade fifth grade science projects that are like plant-based are really helpful yeah yeah yeah. like I think about that stuff all the time like okay so what do I think is going to happen here hypothesis Mm -hmm. what can I rely Mm -hmm. it what can I rely these results to be you know factual okay that's my control that's what I need to have and then whatever the alternate the other word for the control the ones that are manipulated Uh, it was like um hypothesis analysis method. or something method and then but you have your control and then you have the things that you compare to the control those things there's like a name for those oh. i don't remember what it is i don't remember that yeah but there's like always like a variable yes the variables oh yeah i think okay. that's what it is so there's like all these variables which i think when you think about plants you yeah. have you get your first one of a species like we take the species, <laughs> we take like the fiddly fig for example. Like the sweet. <laughs> I hate. Fig. We hate the fiddly fig. We love, love the fiddly it. fig. Or you take the pothos for example, and you get one pothos, and you put it in one spot in your house, and you're like, okay, that one worked well in this type of soil with these options. That's now my like control because it's the first one I grew successfully. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I'm gonna get this type of pothos and like compare it to that. It's like basically the mm-hmm. same thing, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, with the sunflowers, mm-hmm. I have the ones outside, and yeah. then I have, I planted two in nursery pots, one of them died, and the other one is still alive, but it's much smaller. And it's in your room. It's in my room. Yeah, so it's a little bit different location. But same, When do you think you'll move it outside? Or do, will you keep it inside? I don't forever? know. I'm just kind of seeing what will happen. Uh-huh. Right yeah. now, it's about a foot tall, mm-hmm. and I planted it at the same time as those ones. So yeah. it has stunted its growth. Yeah. And it's funny, because when it... It doesn't have enough water. It starts, like, wilting. Like, the yeah. leaves, like, wilt. Yeah. It's very, um, like, responsive, which is kind of what a pothos is, too. You know, like, they shrivel up a little bit mm-hmm. and they get, like... Or a syngonium. They, like, hang there. So, I don't know. It's really fun. Yeah. It's, it's going to be cool. And thanks to my brother for sending me seeds for my birthday. So I, I'm really excited. We're hoping that they grow above our fence. Yeah. And I'm, like... I love the idea of, like, coming home and seeing the little sunflowers popping over yeah. the fence every day. Like, hey! Yeah. Yeah. 
but they don't last very long. They I think probably they're die just by seasonal, yeah. Like the fall, winter. cold winter. Yeah. yeah, if it gets below seventy degrees or something, I don't think they really like it. Yeah. Or sixty degrees. So that's sad. Yeah. But I made another discovery because so a little while ago I have this beautiful Maranta, which if you're watching the plant POV, you can see it. It's right um, by the laptop. Um, but this Maranta, love it. It's the red vein Maranta or something like that. The it has like red underneath the leaf and it has yeah. like red streaks in it. Um, this plant grows really well. Love this plant. But it was getting a little bit big for our dining table. And so I learned online, there's this guy, this really cute, like, old man. And he cut off the le- some of the leaves from the, or like stalks from the Maranta. He dipped the end in growth hormone and then he stuck it right back into the soil and it mm-hmm. grew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't got any growth hormone. I don't know about that, but I'm just going to try it. Yeah. So I cut off the pieces, stuck it in the soil. They all died. Oh, all <laughs> so that doesn't okay. work. But what I did learn... I was like, well, I know how to propagate in water. It has to work. Like, come on. I'm going to try it. It's water. It's water. Like, mm-hmm. So I cut off a bit, put it in the thing, and it took a while. It did take a really long time for any roots to sprout, but they eventually mm-hmm. sprouted, and then oh, I put it back in the thing. Nice. So I'm like, okay, you good. can totally do it with Marantas. I yeah. think you just have to have, like, a bigger they segment. they don't really have, like, a stock. Like, they don't have nodes, the no- They have, like, some, but that's the thing. They're like, not the, very visible. The whole stock needs to, like, grow out. Like, you need a pretty big piece. Otherwise, it dies. Like, you can't just do it with one leaf. I think leaf. your Maranta might need water. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. He's feeling a little bit. <laughs> that one missed the, the watering today. I'll get it some water. No. Okay. Give it some gin and tonic. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kill it, right? Well, yeah, I learned that. So if you have oh. Marantos, you want to propagate them. If you get a good enough um, bit of the piece, oh. like you need a pretty good size cutting, but you could totally propagate it that way. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. What? You have some options. I did some fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some time off. I had like a week off of work. Mm-hmm. So I spent three days. I had like all this old lumber, like a lot of just like one by fours, like, I don't know. Whatever. Like different random sizes. And I was able to just, I like barely had enough to create like an herb ladder garden. Mm-hmm. So it's like a. Wanna how many? Five step five step ladder. Yeah. Um, it's like the perfect height of our fence, like six feet. Um yeah. I spent a little bit of time like kind of drawing it out, but then when I actually made it, I like just whatever. I, I did whatever <laughs> I wanted. Yeah. Cause there were some measurements like the width of it, I originally had only like one foot, but that was like this big. Oh. So I made it a lot like yeah. wider. Um and yeah, it was super fun. I, I really wanted this summer to be able to like to grow like food and herbs Mm -hmm. and stuff because so far my i have had like zero success with herbs remember when i used growing them inside is so hard (laughs) yeah i had like mint and basil on our like windowsill inside yeah for so long and they just yeah they just poop out and die yeah and i would forget to water it but now like what I have, so I didn't, I didn't start from seeds because I'm right. not that hardcore. It takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Although I did have these little seeds, these little tomato seeds that we found in a tomato that Yelena had. Oh, yeah. And they were like already kind of sprouting. Yeah. So earlier in the year, I was putting them in soil. Not many survived, but I have three plants now. Three nice. tomato. So I have tomatoes on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I have three of the like 
little tomatoes that I grew from seeds. And mm-hmm. then I also bought like two additional tomato, like cherry tomato plants, plants from yeah. Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And then the second step up are three different types of peppers. Yeah. I think it was like Italian pepper, like Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. like the all sweet, but like small peppers. Yeah. Cause I also figured I shouldn't have like humongo plants. Cause it's not like a, it's not it's like not a, a huge real yeah. plant. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little baby trough. Yeah. And then Third, I have strawberries, and I already have strawberries growing. My Instagram story, it's, I saw I it. It's so cute. There are two little baby red strawberries, and there's a bunch of, like, white ones, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah. It's, I mean, even though they probably won't taste good, it's just so fun to see, like, well, this is food. I don't know. I grew it, yeah. Um, And then the top two are herbs, so the second to the top, I think I have, like, cilantro, oregano, basil, and then the top is sage mint and rosemary got it all that's yeah. a great i mean i wasn't really i didn't really understand exactly by your drawing what was like, going what? on but <laughs> now that i see it in real life i'm like that is a great way like if you live in the city Safe and space. you don't yeah you don't yeah. have like a whole yard or whatever like making it a ladder style planter yeah. is like it. perfect yeah and they still get sunlight and all like you put the herbs on the very top so that they like get as much sun as possible yeah, like yeah high yeah. maintenance yeah. they need the sunshine but um yeah. They're not, like, great. blocking each other's sunlight because mm-hmm. it's staggered enough yeah. that, like, they're not all on top of each other. Yep. Um, if they do hang low, yeah, they're not going to, like, interfere. Um, yeah. And then I stained the wood to be, like, a little darker and to match the rest of our pots and, yeah. and the other wood stuff. Because last year, I think it was the end of last year, I made the, like, wood bench. I stained it. It matches the rest of our furniture. Yep. It looks great. I love it, it. The whole process was messy, and I'm sure As you guys is. hated me no. for three days because no. <laughs> it was like literally a. At this you point, have a big patio. It's it's it's. Uh, when you do a project out there, you just kind of have to take up the whole space, and then yeah. just you know, once it's done, it's done. Like, like that's just right, how it is. I'm gonna be out here for three days. I'm sorry, yeah. but whatever. It'll get done, and they'll clean up. And I mean, I have. I'm like, in the middle of a macrame project right now. That's like mm-hmm. hanging, you know, over there. So you know, it's just part of it. Projects that take a little bit longer. They take yeah. some space, so they do. If we really hated it that much, we probably wouldn't live with you anymore. So <laughs> and I, <laughs> I want, really don't I mind want it. You guys, to take some of the herbs and stuff. Like I really use hope them. that you can use them. And I and I bought a spray because I know like bugs and stuff are weird. And so yeah, I'm gonna spray them. Um, I got this like organic plant spray. Nice. That's you can like eat or you have yeah, to like, wash. Yeah. Okay. I, it, it's it's for it says it's for like gardens and eating and plants okay i don't know i'm like we all die from pesticides <laughs> or something i don't know well that's the thing like i've always grown up being like all organic mm-hmm. and stuff so i get a little nervous about spraying things but yeah i do believe there are probably like healthy sprays out there yeah there's gotta be yeah and it says it's organic so i would maybe be uh, i don't know would i be more scared of eating bugs that could have carried something or be more worried about chemical i mean maybe chemicals but i don't know like but yeah like bugs are probably more natural like yeah exactly eat bugs in our food all the time what is it like in your life you'll swallow 10 spiders in your sleep yeah like yeah so whatever you live for it anyways i love it and then our other kind of update is that like 
Uh, well, I still I was working a retail job for ages. Well, no, so and we're going to no talk longer. about this yeah. is a big this is yeah. a big deal because I was deal. like Amazon bartender. Will she ever get a bartending job? Because she's actually probably not. Yeah. Now that she's doing what she loves, cares, yeah, cares about doing. I have never had a job. Okay, I hope this for every single person who wants to have a career. I hope that you get to a point where you're like, wait, I matter to a company. And, like, these people value the work that I'm doing, and I'm not just, like, another person that they could just fire for whatever because this job is kind of, like, mundane and, I don't know, like, retail, bartending, being a barista, like, not everyone in the world can do those jobs, but a lot of people in the world can do those jobs. And, like, I went to college, I have a degree, I have this fancy piece of paper, the expensive piece of paper, and I'm like, I just want to finally... I'm getting to the point where I'm tired of working all these odds and end jobs to make ends meet and then doing passion projects and stuff on the side. Like, I want them to come together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, with this so new gig... Finally quit Zara. That I finally, yeah, I finally quit working retail. Yeah. And, like, I love I love my coworkers, like, my store that I worked at. I worked on Hollywood Boulevard um, at a That's retail so store. Cool. That's, which, like, a fun story you get a, to tell. Yeah, yeah. Your, future my life my um yeah nieces and nephews (laughs) if you ever don't have kids yeah (laughs) whatever like you know working on hollywood boulevard is not for the week and i don't say that to be like "Mm, i'm so strong but like it's hard to work on hollywood boulevard because there's people who steal every single day there's tourists every single day people don't speak english you know yeah you're working with yeah all kinds of crazy people yeah and then like taking the metro taking the metro all the time and getting spit on on the metro and getting food thrown at me at the metro and feeling unsafe and just like all of those things that you know when you live a life like that which i feel like i've i've gained a lot of perspective from that job because People who are down on their luck and they are homeless because, not because of choice, but because they're Mm -hmm. going through it, Mm -hmm. or people who have, like, gone through a lot and they seem really rough and they, like, deal with either addiction or they, like, just see life really negatively, I can kind of feel like I sort of understand where they're coming from because they deal with that crap all day. Like, people spitting on them, like, dealing with, like, defecation sitting next to you, literally, Mm -hmm. like, on the metro, and people being rude to you and mean to you. If that's all the energy that, (laughs) hippie, if that's all the energy you're receiving is all that negativity, Mm -hmm. it's what you're going to put out, too. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't feel appreciated, like, by the people around you or by your workplace or whatever, you feel, like, disposable, that really, like, weighs on a person, and it, like, makes you kind of numb and raw and... You almost feel less than human at yes. that point. Like, yeah. I'm just an animal. Like a workhorse kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm really grateful for kind of that season of my life, and I really hope that I don't have to go back to, like, working yeah. retail yeah. or whatever. Um, but, yeah, this new gig is with a production company, which is really exciting, and I hope that it's just, like, the beginning of mm-hmm. a lot of really mm-hmm. cool things to come and gaining more experience and working with, like, a team of people who just like have really good energy and really good vibes and just like you know hey good morning blah blah blah. do you mind doing this it's not like hey go fold some clothes it's like good morning I hope you're having a great day like it's Monday whatever like I don't know this like atmosphere that's so new to me so it's really cool and I definitely feel like a new energy there's nothing like 
getting up for work and being like, oh my gosh, I get to go to work today. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like... I'm getting to do what I love or at least like get to work with people that I enjoy being with and being around and I'm working towards something. Yeah. Although it does remind me of... um, I think his name is Rod on like TikTok. I love Rod. Yes. Yeah. He's so and, funny. And, and corporate Natalie. The, corporate yeah, Natalie's yeah, yeah. Like, like girl. Yeah. But her, his, um, one of his videos that kind of stuck with me is like uh, try to uh, like avoid corporate um, companies that treat everyone as their family because it was Ew, like yeah, it, it was like if if you're oh we treat everyone as family that means that you're like expected to work harder work longer yes. hours to like do a f- hey would yeah. you mind favors, favors and, and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. which like, is kind of like the <laughs> the corporate model of like working for google or nike because they have campuses so it's yeah. like oh it's don't like, worry oh, yeah, about going to the gym we have like, a gym you don't need yeah. to go to the gym you're here but then we your life store. becomes your work exactly we have a daycare a it's like a weird way that they take away all of the the reasons that you couldn't be at work. Yeah. Like, you don't have an excuse yeah. now. Yeah, why, It's all here. Why would you go to another? Yeah. Like, I, all, everything that you need is right, right here. here. What else Ugh. do you want to do? Like, oh, you can take a nap in the soon, nap room. Soon they'll probably have, like, on-campus housing oh, for their workers. For people who work there. Yeah, that's Ooh, crazy. I don't like that. I don't like that at I don't all. want that at all. Work is work. Like, yeah. as much as work can be your passion, we're in, like, you know, it's kind of like the, the episode, but, like, uh, this is actually a good segue. I feel like when you get into a job that you really care about, it's easy to kind of like put other things to the side and be like, this is my work, especially if you work in entertainment or the film industry. Um, You're just expected long hours. Long hours, yeah. yeah. Long hours. Sometimes it's it's bad pay. Other times it's good pay. But yeah, they're like, it's your passion. You're creative. So many other people would want to be doing what you're doing right now. You have the job everybody wants. You're like, okay, you know, I, thankfully at this job, no one's saying anything like that to me, yeah, but yeah. I catch myself thinking so much about work because I want to do a good job and I want these people to like, like me and I want to keep working yeah. for them. Like I want them to hire me for forever, <laughs> like at this point, yeah. you know, so it's like, oh, I want to do the best job I can, which means that I'm putting in more hours after like I punch out kind of a thing. And that makes me think like, how does workaholism turn into an addiction or like an actual problem uh-huh. versus just like wanting to do a good job for a company mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. or is it even workaholism at that point or is it just like needing to feel affirmation and like mm-hmm. being recognized yeah thing? like am I doing a good job I don't really know yeah. yeah yeah I definitely get that like I gotta work hard not necessarily because I don't know. I want. I well. I, I I need like recognition. Like I want yeah. people to be like, Samara's the greatest. She's the best. Samara, I think that's that Enneagram yeah. like four coming yeah. in. That's like that individualism. They're like, yeah. oh, she's like, so special. Like she did a job that no one else could do. And yeah. So I feel like that's what kind of keeps me going. Is like, mm. I I'm gonna just I'm gonna take on these different things because like I want that. Yeah, that yeah. feeling that someone is heavily valuing yeah. you, like yeah, putting you yeah. at a, like a, a kind of a different level than other people yeah. who've done that role or whatever. But you just got a gig. Would you say is like the biggest gig you've ever received or ever taken on? I think so. I'm really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm coming in halfway to like replace another art coordinator. Mm-hmm. For 
NDA reasons. I won't say yeah. like what Can't say the all show that. is. Yeah, exactly. But Same. it is like a bigger like action drama Amazon Prime show first season sort of it mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. And most of my experience has been in you know like half hour comedies or reality shows, which those are a lot less like production heavy. Right. Very pretty simple and faster um, turnaround, right? Faster so it's like, turnaround. Gotta do it now. So it, it is compl- more complicated in its own way, just because it is like faster turnaround. There's a lot less like crew members, mm-hmm. so you're kind of taking on the role of a lot of other people. Right. But like, it, it is fairly simple because it's stuff that you're used to. Like, let, let's decorate this teenage girl's room, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. Whatever. Whereas yeah. this is like dealing with kind of like it's still world worldly things Mm -hmm. that we're used to but it's just like not your day-to-day like what you interact with yeah like it's kind of like army like military the like action drama and then there's like stunts and blowing things up so many other like elements yeah yeah so it's uh it's gonna be interesting yeah it's a very big like production a lot more crew than i'm used to Mm -hmm. so having to like get used to people's names and knowing who everyone is and what they do and what i need to do it's uh yeah it's gonna be a lot but i'm really excited Mm -hmm. yeah i yeah i mean it's it's cool to step into those big roles but i definitely understand like where at that point work kind of becomes your whole mindset because you want to do a good yeah. job and it's like oh, more, yeah. you know. Especially for this because yeah. this is going to lead into more, more opportunities and what if there's a second season? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. are we all going to come back? Yeah. Like, I already know the show. Never know, right. you know. Or there's like a sequel or whatever. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Super interesting. And I think that's something different about the film industry and about entertainment when you're a gig-based person versus I, I think you've mentioned this before like you get on a gig and you kind of get into the flow of that production yeah. and then it ends and you're like yeah. oh I just met all these people and finally like learned their names uh-huh. and now like bye like, I'm finally used Whatever. to the workflow around here yeah and now I have to like relearn it like yeah. that's uh I don't know it's it is it's very it's like almost a PTSD in a mm-hmm. way because like I get so nervous about starting a new, a new job just because I know all the hurdles. But maybe the more I do it, the more I'll, I'll be used to it. And like, sure, these are the things that I need to do at the beginning to get used to a new job. And these mm-hmm. are the, the you know, yeah. like it's like repetition too, which yeah. they say like proper repetition creates like the best habits. Or yeah, there's gonna know, be repetition in like a long. Skill corporate job and there's also going to be repetition in freelance like there's going to be repetition in anything that you do if you do it long enough so I think I just need to get used to it and figure it out I'll figure it out yeah I thought it was interesting I did a little bit of research I was looking on the um, New York Post and before so this is before the pandemic in 2019 they said that a new study of 2,000 employed Americans aimed to unveil just how hard Americans work and found that 28% of workaholic Americans say they work so hard out of financial necessity Mm. so like okay 28% of people say they're workaholics just because they need to make ends meet but then it said the average employed American also works four hours a week for free. And if that's not enough, the average employed American also spends an additional four hours a week just thinking about work. So if you think that. of the traditional 40-hour work week, yeah. four more hours on top of that are for free, and then another four hours are just thinking about work. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is crazy. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, you don't see that in other countries. Like, you know, in France, when I was there, they were like, three-hour work, uh, three-hour lunch break. And you're like, what? <laughs> and we talk, we joke about this too. We're like, the week week, the work week should be Monday through Thursday. Yes. Should be four days, like four, days, ten, four tens, nine to five. or nine to five, yeah, four yeah. eights, like not like in the film industry, five twelves, five fourteens sometimes. Like I know. Crazy. Well we can talk about how we were gonna record this podcast last night. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh Friday night, like mm-hmm. is usually when we do it. But yeah. I was feeling total burnout after a week of even pulling like thirteen hour days. Yeah. I was going in at like eight AM and not getting home until like nine, nine thirty, ten. So late, yeah. So and, and that's I'm not actually really used to that because most of my work is like in an office and we're guaranteed twelve hours a day, but mm-hmm. sometimes we don't necessarily like work twelve right. hours a day. But on this, every day was like definitely twelve hours, like on set. Yeah. Running around. All that. Do yeah. Dealing with people on set and it's just like so exhausting. Way more exhausting. <laughs> so I needed to recharge, and I like one of your questions, like, when do you do your best work? And I think that's, for me, like, after a recharge. Like, mm. I knew I wouldn't, wasn't going to be able to, like, perform my best for this podcast. Yeah. Until I had good night's sleep, yeah. slept in, just, like, I really value my alone time, too, and I originally wanted to, like, go out with you and some friends for brunch this morning, but yeah. I was like, no, I need to just... I need to be better about being like, what does my body need Mm -hmm. in order to then put out my best work or my best self. Totally. And we're talking about that as like, we're getting into like mid to late 20s rather than being in that like post-grad kind of like, I don't know what anything is, but it's fine because I got time and I'll figure it out. You still don't really know yourself. You don't know yourself. You don't. And I, I mean... Uh, I was watching on TikTok, I follow Inked Magazine, which is like a tattooers, oh, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. And they're like, when's the perfect age to get a tattoo? And one of the tattooers was like, don't get a tattoo before you're 25. Because oh, you don't know yourself right, until you're 25 right, and more. Yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. Because uh-huh, like, uh-huh. even a tattooer who probably makes a ton of money off of like, you know, teenagers and recklessness yes. and stuff. They're like, don't come get tattoos until you're 25. Like, That's you're not going to get a meaningful... Because you don't yeah. know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, we're, we're trying to get more into this, like, uh, grown-ass independent woman lifestyle. Um, yes. Hello? Like, 100%. I'm ready to settle. It's like, I want to, you know, get onto these things. And that means being responsible with knowing when you're burnout when you yeah. know you've yep. reached the end of yep. your your bit and you're like yep. I can't go out I can't I can't yeah. do that I'm not going to be able to put my as best much as I know forward. it's going to be fun yeah I know it's going to hurt me afterwards yeah like, I'm going to be even more exhausted I'm going to like put off all these other things like mm-hmm. and it feels good and this is something about like I think being an adult is that like it feels good to put your clothes away to do your laundry yeah. to like do your chores because yeah. I don't know life just feels more stable right <laughs> things are controlled. like put together yeah, yeah. like they're like, ready for another week of tearing it all up and then cleaning it again yeah. it's like you're not doing your chores because your mom's telling you to anymore yeah. it's because you're like oh wait there's a reason why my parents or whatever yeah. older siblings yeah. caretaker person was like hey you should clean up your stuff because you're gonna actually be more mentally present you're gonna be able to do better mentally it's it's easier to kind of also like know where things are and to like 
function better yeah in a comfortable put together space Mm mm-hmm and, and exactly. that, that was another reason. I was like, I can't, like, do anything Saturday morning because I just spent a week working long hours. Like, yeah. I had no time. I was basically going to work, coming home, going to bed, going to work, Every coming home. Every single day. So I was like, I need to clean. <laughs> I need to do laundry. Like, yeah. I had so much I need to do. So crazy. So. And I, like, for for this, like, new job switch, I've been exhausted because I was working this job, this and, new job, plus yeah. retail, plus, like, some other work that I was doing on the side. You were doing, like, seven days Yeah, weeks. seven day a week seven day work. work yeah, weeks. it's, like, so much, and I had finally, like, I had my last day at my retail job, and I was, like, okay, done with that. Now I have less things to focus on, because if you, so if the average American in 2019 spent an extra four hours a week focusing on work, if you have more than one work or more than one job, like, you're constantly, I found myself, like, thinking about this job, then thinking about this job, then what about this job? Mm -hmm. It's, like, so much in your head all the time, and I used to work retail, so my days would start at, like, 10.30 at the earliest, most of the time, unless I did, like, early a.m. shipment, but then I would work until, like, 8 p.m., or before the pandemic, we work until, like, 10 p.m., so it's, like, your, your work your eight-hour workday or six-hour workday is shifted towards, like, the later part of the day. And now with this gig, I go to work at 9 a.m. So I feel like I'm adjusting to a new time zone, too. Yeah. Because I'm used yeah. to going to bed at, like, 1 a.m. because I got off work at 10. Uh-huh. So it's like, get home, have dinner. Like, everything's, like, just shifted. And now i got to shift it back down. And it's, like, all very exhausting. <laughs> well, and it's also different for us, like, Yelena and I, too, yeah. getting used to, like, your new schedule. Because yeah. we're used to you getting home, like, late yeah. at night. But now we're all home at the same time. Everyone's home at the same time. And we're like, oh my gosh, everybody's here, which is great because we can plan stuff better or we can try to. But also at the same time, like we're all getting ready in the morning at the same time now. We're all like getting home, making dinner at the same time now. It's like before when it was shifted, it's a little different. So Mm -hmm. Yelena, like Yelena and I share a bathroom at our house and um, she's still earlier than me like she goes to work at 8 a.m mm-hmm. so she's still there before me but there have been mornings that I've woke up and been like oh she's in there like I gotta wait you yeah. know but and then this is why also growing up is a great thing because soon enough we'll start to like make enough money to like go on, live mm-hmm. on our own mm-hmm. go get Only married li- like, like live in live with roommates yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah like you and Elena you know with your relationships like continuing and stuff and and yeah, whether it's, like, living on your own or... it's easier to yeah. work around those schedules if you're not, you know, it, 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 when there's less people in the house, yeah. like, they're around the same time, like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to it. I think um, there's just some really cool things that you start to learn about yourself when you're in a job that you're actually passionate about yeah. and that you care about. Like, I feel like an adult. Yeah. I, I feel, feel like a grown person. Adult. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, even my coworkers being like, hey, Friday night, like, we should go, like, Saturday night this date, there's, a like, an event that we all want to go to. Like, you can come. And I'm like, what? You want me to come to this, like, event? Uh, yeah. I feel, like, so cool, yeah. you know? And I always, like, growing up in school and stuff, I always was like, oh, I'm, I'm a passionate person. My life's going to be um, out of the ordinary. I'm going to work weird hours. I'm going to do different things because I'm not a, a person who could ever work at a desk. Like, and I would tell my friends, I'm like, if I end up working at a desk one day, like, you can come and murder me. Like, I was super dramatic about mm-hmm. it. Because, of course, I didn't know what you do at a desk. That doesn't... At a desk doesn't matter. People... A lot of people hate the 9 to 5, like, thing because they feel like they just get stuck in a rut or whatever. But when you're freelance and you're working 9 to 5, every job is so different. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just, like... 
honestly, the nine to five is just like a good lifestyle habit of like work is only eight hours a day. Right. It's not your whole life. Yeah. Like put aside your work every once in a while to like deal with whatever. But your nine to five can be creative. It can be creative. It can be Mm -hmm. whatever you want it to be Mm -hmm. if you are depending on like who you're working for, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the beauty of the nine to five. It's yeah. like, okay, great. I only have eight hours to do like some fun things. Yeah. Then I have still so many hours left of the day to like self-care, do my hobbies. Have your weekend. Eat yeah. food, have my weekend. Mm-hmm. It's not, because that's when, that's when passion, if you're doing like, if you're working your passion all day, every day, mm-hmm. it soon turns into a chore and you resent it and yeah. you hate it because you don't have a break from it. Yeah. And, and you're kind of like owned by it. Like that's when, yeah. it, I think that's when, well, you know, like the Enneagram, Enneagram threes need to have like achievement as a part of their life 24 seven. So like they need to be constantly achieving things in order to feel like worthy and valuable and I think that they struggle the most with workaholism Mm. but that is the same pattern that someone who struggles with workaholism would deal with is like if I'm not working I'm not valuable Mm. or if I'm not working I'm not um contributing somehow Mm. or whatever and I mean out of necessity I have done that being someone who worked like a bajillion random jobs all at the same time just to like make ends meet and pay rent yeah that was more for survival which was more for survival like, yeah like if i had the choice and i was making enough money i would of course would not have been working yeah. a bajillion yeah, gigs yeah, yeah. all the time because i know i'm not doing my best work even though i'm extroverted and i get um energy from being around people and like quality time and stuff when you're working it's not the same <laughs> you still well, get tired do you feel like you saw more toxic traits in yourself working all the time and that yeah. sort of thing than like say now where you're more of a consistent schedule definitely you know, like. yeah it's it's um I think even being someone who enjoys like the highs of life like the zeals of life and like really intense experiences um that's my like Enneagram 8 I notice now that I'm in a more like consistent work schedule I no longer desire like intensity as mm. much mm. because intensity is kind of like a, a funky way to like fulfill this like I don't know desire that I always have to have like a very passionate intense life so I'm like you know when I feel extreme hunger or extreme fatigue I'm like oh good like I've been working hard like in my mm. toxicness yeah I'm okay, like oh okay, good okay. I'm extremely hungry like that means that I've been working really hard and I've been mm. doing a lot of good work no you get like satisfaction like a high. from those extremes but those yeah. are like toxic extremes like exactly being extremely hunger hungry being extremely tired exactly and, yeah yeah so now that I'm in a more consistent schedule I'm like no I want to take care of myself because so I now your your extremes are more like Wow, I like look good. Right. I like feel I good. I feel better. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. full. <laughs> I've eaten a really amazing meal. I ate a great meal yeah. and I took my hour, like I took my <laughs> lunch break. I went and got my food. I like took care of myself. And like, it is so easy to get to I just consumed. bought an $8 latte. Like, yeah, because I the, can. <laughs> this is the intensity of life that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, and feeling like you're in something that matters and you have like intensity in your work. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, my work is so boring, I need to find intensity other places, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I think that that's like super cool. And as an Enneagram eight, when I'm in the most amount of health, I act sometimes like a two, which is like the helper person. Mm -hmm. And I feel that hardcore with this job. I'm like, how can I help? Can I do something better? Like, what else do you need? Like, blah, blah, blah. And in like a super healthy way, rather than being like that negative five, that's super like skeptical and like Mm -hmm. kind of manipulative and weird. Um, which when I get bored and I'm not like stimulated mentally Mm -hmm. in a job that's super, you know, monotonous and replaceable, then it's easy to get bored and be dumb. Exactly. So I think this is a great topic and I mean, we do talk about work a lot, but mm -hmm. like it'll be really interesting to see what this, how this transpires in two, Mm -hmm. three more weeks in a month, et cetera. Like what it turns into. Yeah, what it turns into. And if you're still happy with it mm-hmm. and that sort of thing but yeah yeah i feel like we're reaching the end we want to do this rapid fire oh, yeah. questions yeah because this is your episode and yeah. we want to know how plants and other things Throughout in your life and yeah okay okay what is your relation rate your relationship with plants from one to ten okay i feel like i'm at a a healthy six and a half because I feel like I know things about soil. I know things about, like, um, different geniuses. And I can keep a plant alive successfully. For the most part, I can keep a variety of plants alive. But um, I feel like there's still more to know. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely had a couple of um, um, tragedies in the past yeah. a little bit so why don't we all yeah <laughs> a couple of casualties that is yeah. totally fine that's all the part that's part of learning yeah you know? uh what was your first plant experience and slash did anyone inspire you to collect plants okay so growing up as a kid um, my mom well my mom when she was a kid during the summer she would go to the berry fields in oregon and pick berries Ooh, that was berries. like her summer job Cute. and so when we were kids we did that too as like little baby kids uh-huh. so we would go to these huge berry fields like blackberries and blueberries oh, and blueberry strawberries, bushes, strawberries yeah. yeah and we were little so we're lower to the ground for strawberries especially because they're like kind of smaller bushes uh-huh. rather than like vines so we would go and, and pick them and put them in the bucket and take them home and wash all the raspberries and Cute. make platters and stuff so that's definitely where like the plant thing started and also growing up in oregon like plants everywhere we're, like living among trees yeah and, exactly yeah. so as far as like collecting plants that was like I think you guys have mentioned like a pre-quarantine thing but um I didn't even know it was like a fad or even like a thing people did like houseplants yeah houseplants yeah yeah yeah. until like quarantine and all that it's like the tropical houseplant thing like no one no one knew (laughs) yeah until now yeah during COVID I was like wow everyone's like getting into plants Mm -hmm. like what okay yeah exactly cool what but okay so we already talked about this sort of do you have a favorite plant and why yeah so the silver satin pothos is definitely one of my favorites you can propagate it quickly it looks really cool it grows fast if it's in the right soil and there's lots of other different types of pothos that you can yeah adventure that's fun yeah how many plants do you have i should have counted before i think i have 30 something yeah i think yeah you did, because you did that TikTok where you were, like, going through all of your house, like, the your room, in, my room in your yeah. bedroom. I think there's 28 in my room. Uh-huh. And then there's another, like, the Dracaena. Say the 40. Yeah, maybe 40. <laughs> there's a lot, yeah. Because there's, yeah, outside, and then living the, room. the rubber plant, the bird of paradise outside, and the wandering Jew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably 40. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, do you have any plant-inspired art or clothing? I don't have any plant clothing, 
Which I think if we ever made you have merch, a mug? yeah, I have a mug. I have a mug from Yelena's mom. Yeah, from Yelena, from Tatiana's. So, so cute. cute. It says, "Yes, I do need all these plants," and I could not <laughs> agree more. <laughs> yeah, I think if we ever made merch, I would have plant clothes, but Ooh. I don't have any clothes that have like plant things on them. Yeah, okay. I very rarely buy clothes that have like sayings. Besides, unless it says Paris on it, <laughs> and yeah. it's always black and white. And it's always black and white. Yeah, yeah. so um, art. Did you say you had art? Oh, I have. I have a little bit of plantish art, and we have, like, the things you created in, in our living room, so, I mean, those yeah, are ours. But in your in my room. In my room, I have a, like, glass-on-glass, glass, like, pressed little frame that has um, silver satin pothos leaves in it, mm-hmm. like, dried silver satin pothos, and I love, I always dried um, roses, like, roses are my mm-hmm. favorite, um, it's my middle name, so I would dry roses as a kid, too, right. or if I got, like, a bouquet or whatever in my my room so I have dried roses in my room at all times and that I kind of consider as like art sculpture yeah kind of yeah. thing so yeah cool how do plants make you feel slash why do you collect them slash why how do they connect to what you are most passionate about okay yeah so the deep the last question I think that I mean growing up in Oregon plants like being around nature big part of my life like mm-hmm. camping every summer mm-hmm. as a kid like it's always been a part of my life so having that nature um like around me has always been a part of my life so having it here in LA like in my house is just like kind of like makes it homey to me yeah um and then I think collecting them is really fun it's like a fun hobby to have and I've actually learned this a lot from listening to like the sleeping at last podcast and like other podcasts about um the Enneagram 8 in that a lot of Enneagram 8s enjoy having a thing to take care of because it oh. helps them stay in tune with like their feelings because mm-hmm. they're often like mm-hmm. super disconnected from their feelings besides anger so um having plants around is kind of like if I had a dog I would have a dog one day but like having a plant is kind of like having a pet like a thing I yeah. take care of yeah makes yeah. me like staying in tune with with you know making me take care of plants makes me take care of myself kind of thing and being someone who is kind of um I enjoy intensities. I enjoy things at their highest point. So, like, the most flavorful foods, the most colorful colors, the most, like, biggest and largest of experiences, the most, like, dramatic experiences, all that stuff. Like, plants, I think, are so important to, like, the earth. And the earth is, like, something that I love so much with, like, all of my heart and all of my, like, soul. Um, I I would even... like a while ago I was joking with my mom and I was like if I were to die like I want you to cremate me and take my ashes and put them at every ocean so that I can hug the earth because that's always what I wanted to be able to do is like hold the earth because I just love it so much like it's such a perfect like thing I can't believe like that it was you know crafted what religion's different but I'm just like I'm such a big fan of the earth and having like that plant ecosystem sort of thing as a part of my life on a constant basis and it's such a fun thing to like wake up to and be like the earth is an ecosystem it like helps me humble myself Mm -hmm. and be like Mm -hmm. there's an ecosystem there's a plan this world is like broken and crazy and there's so many things that are out there in the world there's so many living things exactly there's so much living things and there's so much to live for Mm -hmm. so like good morning water a plant and like get after it like change the world do whatever you got to do so, there's yeah. there's the answers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you're so you're kind of talking about how of what you're like passionate. Oh my gosh, I just saw hummingbird. 
Oh, did you see beautiful. it? Beautiful. Oh, I've left. seen one like buzzing around before. Wow. Oh, beautiful. I love hummingbirds. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was just thinking like, yeah, what you're passionate about and yeah. plants and like, how does that kind of come together? Maybe a little yeah. More, well, right? like things, I'm the most passionate, I think, about um, stories and storytelling, yeah. specifically like the underdog. Mm. And I think that like on my Instagram bio, it says I'm. It says story living to story tell, and I have a song that I need to share with you. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> one of the lyrics was really interesting. Oh, because uh, that talks cool. about stories too. But anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm just like a huge fan of stories, and I think that like of course correlates with like entertainment and movies and TV and and all that stuff. And it can get technical when it comes to like filmmaking, but being like a creative person and someone who loves to tell stories, whether that's like a comedic story of something that happened to me today or like telling a story of how something came to be. I'm just super passionate about stories. And I think that each person has like such a cool, unique story that they have like a purpose to maintain and Mm -hmm. a reason why they're important. And so when it comes to the things that I'm the most passionate about, I'm most passionate about stories, but I'm also most passionate about like, um, progression. And I think that's like mm. one of the cool things about stories mm-hmm. is that you start from somewhere and then you end somewhere mm. else. Mm-hmm. And there's like this kind of rabbit trail of things yeah. and quests, stuff that you go through. And plants show progression plants a thr- lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, that's why I love like working out and like activities and learning a new skill and then trying mm-hmm. to like get better at it. Cause you see like from where it started as a seed or as a leaf or yeah. whatever and then it yeah. turns into like something that That is grows. such a big story. Yeah. I mean even though like plant cycle stories are rather simple and right. always kind of the same. Yeah. Still different cuz you don't know if this plant is going to like survive or not yeah. or like or will if it will big lead or... you to learn about a different plant and then yeah. that one becomes will it have this? children. Yeah. Will it propagate it? Like, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing like that's kind of true with humans though is that it's kind of like an expected story. It's like you're born, you grow, you yeah, get married, yeah, yeah. you have kids, you die. I don't know. Like yeah. that's kind of the expected benchmarks, yeah. but then there's so much in between that is maybe different or unique or out of order or whatever. Like getting root bound and needing to be up-potted. But then, like, you took on too much, you got to go back and whatever. (laughs) There's just so much. It all ties. Plants, life, it it all ties together. It goes together, and that's that, like... (laughs) We always say that. We always say that, yeah. It all ties together. But, like, the ecosystem of the earth and the ecosystem of our lives, they have things in common, and that, like, one of the, the greatest like philosophy sort of things that I've ever heard was from a pastor and his name's a uh, Irwin McManus and he says that nothing in our lives is wasted because it's a perfect ecosystem so even Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're learning a stupid skill that doesn't matter like retail Mm -hmm. it actually is going to show up and matter somewhere else in your life Mm -hmm. and everybody has those little quirky things that they've done it's just like a trail that you took on a hike Mm -hmm. and you're like oh I had no idea this cool view appeared here Mm -hmm. but it did Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that plants are so good at that because they're just like well I gotta survive so I'm gonna live in this rock I'm gonna live on this like earth or or this like piece of dirt or I don't know they can like exist in multiple atmospheres all that stuff so yeah I'm super passionate about all that stuff and like we talked about in the last episode being happy in the moment and not taking everything too seriously because those little rabbit trails can lead to something more they can lead to something they really do great yeah they really do this was a great 
podcast. I'm really glad that we were each able to kind of like have our little segment and yeah. talk about like our favorite plants and stuff. Who knows if that will that will be the same in the future? Yeah. Um, just like tattoos, maybe we shouldn't have picked our favorite plant by the time right? before we were 25. <laughs> before 25, Because yeah. we're not going to know what we want, yeah. you know? Maybe, then, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get, maybe there'll be more favorites, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but so. that's, it's all part of growing up and learning, and, uh, we're happy to keep doing this and to share our knowledge, mm-hmm. even though it's very limited. And amateur. On this podcast. I hope it's encouraging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're amateur. This is amateur cocktail hour, yeah. so... <laughs> Emma is a mixologist. I am a plant, I don't know, enthusiast. Yeah, enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast. We're all enthusiasts, yeah, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, this is a plant cocktail enthusiast amateur hour. Yeah. And we're having a good time. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Drink is gone. Grab a gin and tonic. Enjoy your day whatever day this is that yeah. we, you listen to this and <laughs> yes um yeah just we'll see you next time it's a wild ride and hopefully doing this podcast well i know doing this podcast will not be something that we regret or something that's wasted no it again will to something else we were just talking about this the other day we're like hey like how long do you think we'll be doing this like no it kind of depends but mm-hmm. you know even if we end like what if we don't do this longer than like 15 or so episodes just because of like life or whatever whatever it's fine like that's just how life works and but i'll always look back on this as like a great time Mm -hmm. got us through covid yeah it brought us together as like roommates and friends we learned new skills i learned different drinks that i really like doing yeah and i've been able to share with other friends at like gatherings and stuff um and yeah it's just like Nothing wasted. Nothing wasted. Cheers to that. (laughs) Nothing wasted. If you love podcasts and believe they'll save the world just like we do, please subscribe and give us a review wherever you get your pods. You can find us on Instagram at The Rootbound Podcast and subscribe to our Patreon to get exclusive content like the video recordings of our episodes, which we call Plant POV. You can also write us on socials or at therootboundpodcast at gmail.com to ask us questions or to give us plant advice. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we're just plant enthusiasts and we're learning just like y'all, so tips and tricks are always welcome. Don't forget to check out our website, therootboundpodcast.com which has our episode show notes. In the show notes, we include topics discussed in the episode like the featured plant, tips and tricks, and links to our favorite resources. We also list the recipe for each episode's cocktail that Emma creates. That way you can drink along with us. Drink responsibly, of course. (laughs) You can also find us individually. I'm at Emma R. Lead on social platforms. Where can we find you, Samara? You can find me on Instagram at Samara underscore Elkie 9. And Yelena? You can find me on all socials at Yelena Ivy. Thank you for listening. Cheers! Cheers.